0: This is Debbie and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. This week I talked to Megan Drillinger who is a travel writer and founder of Vera Journeys. After working as a travel writer right out of college, Megan knew that a full-time writing position was not the right path for her. So in 2009, she traded in her cubicle for a chance to live and work from anywhere as a travel writer. Since deciding to be location independent, Megan has worked with Thrillist, Travel and Leisure, Time Out New York, Men's Health, Nast Traveler, Harper's Bazaar, and so much more. Megan has recently created and founded a company with her best friend called Vera Journeys, which is a retreat travel company for entrepreneurial women that combines inspiring women to start their own businesses with transformation through travel. On this episode, Megan discusses how to become a travel writer without any experiences and learning how to budget and hustle as a freelancer. This was such a fun interview with Megan because we actually went out and had brunch together. So it was really amazing to meet her in person. So I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I do. Hey, Megan. Thanks so much for being with me here today. Can you fill in the gaps of your story and why you live an offbeat life?
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. Why I live an offbeat life. Um, I used to work in an office and and even then I was, I was a travel writer, so it's not like I was in the office all the time, but I still felt that that mandatory structure wasn't working for me and I've never really gone with the grain it's just never something that has gelled with me so when i had the opportunity to go off freelance and do my own thing it felt like something finally fit what was the defining moment that led you to that well the magazine i was at um was great and i learned so much from them um and then i i did a little freelance work on the side And it turned out that they weren't quite comfortable with me freelancing in addition to working for them. So they offered me a choice, which was I could stay and not freelance or I could go freelance full time. And it was a pivotal moment for me where I had to decide, okay, am I going to sit at a desk for the next few years or am I actually going to do the one thing I've been talking about forever? And it was a now or never moment. So
0: I went that way. It's really amazing if you look back in your life, all of the little decisions that you've made, how your life could have turned out so differently. And I can't even imagine like what it would have been if you decided to stay at that desk job where you would be right now, right? <laughs> I I don't even want to think
1: about it because I, I just remember having this moment once. I was coming out of um, Grand Central, and there's this really long escalator uh, to get off of the 7 train. And I just remember looking up at all the people kind of with blank expressions, just kind of moving up the line like we were ants in a in a ant farm. And I, I just remember thinking... I don't want to do this anymore. There's got to be something more out there. So that's how I feel about that.
0: It's funny because when you are doing something that is really not right for you, but you keep going because you have responsibilities or because you feel like you're too afraid or you have no choice to do it. And then when you have that moment where you realize it and you're like, I've been living half a life. I haven't been living it to the fullest. And I think when you have that moment, it's so liberating. What does it feel like now to actually do what you want to do? People often ask, you know, if the, if
1: you could do anything, what would you want to do? And I feel sometimes arrogant saying this, you know, this is this is what I want to do. It's just it just it feels like I figured it out. It feels like I found this missing piece of me. And that this was something I was always meant to do. I was always meant to do something weird and something off offbeat, and um, and it fe- it feels right. And it's it's a very interesting trade off because I don't have the stability of a paycheck or benefits, and every day is a challenge. Oh, is that check gonna come in? Oh, is I'm I gonna make my rent this month? And that's the trade off. But I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't go back.
0: So when you first looked into being a writer, because that's what you love to do, what were the first steps that you took in order to get to the point where you are now? I, I always knew I wanted to be a travel writer.
1: The only two things in my life that I have never gotten bored with is, are travel and writing. So I figured I better do something with that. Um, and so I was in college and I only took internships at travel magazines. Um, And then one of the ones that I interned at my senior year, they were able to hire me
0: right after college. And that's the magazine I was with for six years. I love the fact that you were able to do that as an intern and then it led you to an actual full-time job so that's a great way to actually dive into the industry so right now as a professional travel writer as a freelancer how hard would it be for somebody to get into this industry when they don't have any schooling or experience into it what would be the first step that you would advise them to do? There
1: are a lot of great ways to network, and I think networking is the, the biggest way to break into this industry, and there are three travel groups I would recommend. One is Young Travel Professionals, the other is Millennials and Travel, and then there's Travel Massive. And they have chapters all over the country, and they have events all the time, and these are where other writers go, other industry travel industry professionals go. Networking and making those contacts I think is the fastest way. And if you do that, it's really anybody could do it.
0: I love that because when you're networking with somebody, you show them your personality. So before you even start writing, they'll already see what type of person you are, and they get a little glimpse of what type of writer you'll also become, which is wonderful. Thanks for that little tidbit, Megan. When we look at your life as a travel writer, you go to all of these exotic places and now with your new venture, with your company that you are starting, what is one thing or maybe a few things that people have misconceptions about you and the life that you lead? There are two misconceptions. (laughs) One is that I'm always on vacation
1: and the second one is that I'm like a struggling artist. Um, it's neither of those things. Yes, I am frequently in beautiful, warm destinations, and it's definitely a better trade-off than being in an office, but it's a lot of work, too. And when you're on a press trip, for example, led by a tourism board, they are dragging you 12-hour days to see as much as you can possibly see. So the photos that you see on Instagram are maybe the 30 seconds we have to just sit and look pretty on, on the beach, but it's, it's not really like that there are trips that are fantastic little vacation slices of vacation and that's fantastic but um it's not like that all the time um being a struggling artist yeah there like i said there is the whole instability of it but if you have a good network and enough regular clients you make ends meet and it's and it it works out just fine
0: And that's the thing. When you're a writer and you're doing it well, you're always going to find a job because you do it so well that they can't ignore it and you just keep going and going. And that's the thing. You just have to hustle. So I think that's one of the main difference with nine to five. And when you're doing freelance and you're working initially right for yourself, is that the work that you're, you're doing is make it or break it. So you always have to do your best and you can't just lay there dormant and not, you know, do your best because you have to, which actually gets a lot of really great work from you in that sense. So what has been the biggest setback that you have encountered and how do you handle it? I never
1: want to turn down fun things ever. Um, I just want to always be able to say yes to anything I want to do. And part of being a freelancer is not always having the funds to make that happen so as much as i might want to do something or take that trip or buy that whatever i can't and i becoming getting older um a lot more of the stable stability things have become more important to me so learning to budget myself has definitely been an obstacle um Learning how to hustle has been an obstacle because when you're used to having a paycheck, you just know what amount is going to show up in your bank account every two weeks. Um, that does not always happen as a freelancer. So you have to really hustle and become obnoxious and be the squeaky wheel to get new clients and to get new work. And it's that has been... An obstacle that I have had to learn how to overcome.
0: So when you have to put yourself out there, because that's a lot of what networking is and finding clients, how do you find the clients and actually go up to them? Because you've worked with really huge magazines. How do you get yourself to that point where you are able to go to them and say, can I work with you? Again, it's networking. So sometimes
1: I've met some of these, editor, these high profile editors on trips and you get to know them on a friend level. And that has worked a, a very well. Um, another way is if one editor moves from one magazine to another magazine, and I've worked with that editor before, they'll bring me with them. Um, another Sometimes editors find me, which is also super flattering. But mostly it's me reaching out to people saying, hey, I am taking this great trip or I have this idea. Um, remember that time that we traveled together? you know kind of connect to them in some way and and that's how I do it if you could go back and give yourself one advice what would it be pay your estimated taxes (laughs) that is the best piece of advice that someone gave me that I did not heed and when tax season rolls around because taxes aren't taken out of your freelance checks so when tax season rolls around and you're like oh I did not prepare for this (laughs) So either budgeting and taking out your own percentage of taxes into a separate account or paying your estimated taxes. That is the, the best piece of advice, as practical advice as a freelancer. The other is, I should have done this a lot sooner. And I don't know, I, waiting was good because it gave me a, more skills, more tools to take with me, but my I wish somebody told me to do it sooner and you'll always be fine. If you have the drive and the will, you'll always be fine.
0: In a lot of ways, we are our own worst enemy, and we're the only ones that stops ourselves from actually doing what we want to do. So that's a really good advice for yourself, Megan. Well, at least now you're actually doing it, so there's no more wondering, you know, what if. What about the worst advice that you have ever been given throughout this whole thing? <laughs> I feel like any advice I've given is probably the worst advice
1: <laughs> I remember somebody very close to me um, said to me well you're I guess we just have to accept the fact that that you're just happy being this way and said it in a negative connotation they wanted me to take a part-time job in addition to this to to get benefits and that hurt my feelings Um, didn't really make me feel like what I was doing was was good enough and so, foolishly, I reached out to one of the magazines and I said, hey, do you have anything a little more permanent for me? I feel like I, I should do that at this point in my life. And thankfully, the editor at that magazine said, do not change what you are doing. Do you know how many people on staff at this magazine wish they were doing what you're doing? And so thankfully, I had that little angel of reason come in and smack me out of it.
0: When people come to you and to any of us and give us advice, they think they're doing what's best for us and nobody can understand what it is because it's not it's really not normal in that sense it's a little offbeat as i say but it's what you love to do and if you did anything else you'd be so miserable and honestly i think it's better to take a risk And know that it's the risk you wanted to take instead of taking the path that people tell you to do and be miserable with it. Because at least if you make mistakes and it was your choices, you knew no one told you to do that and it was your mistake. And there's so much learning opportunities from all of these different things that we do. I feel like that is my life in a nutshell. (laughs) I don't often take
1: people's practical advice and I've made a lot of mistakes, none of which I regret. Um, I wouldn't take anything back because I love experiencing everything and I think my biggest fear is what the what if and not trying when I know I could have tried and not everything works out the way I want it to in fact a lot of things don't work out the way I wanted to but I wouldn't change the fact that I tried and that's just my personality.
0: How were you able to finance this chosen career that you have and how do you continue to create income today? So it's all about the hustle, as I said. Um, I have a budget set up. I
1: know basically how much I need to make each month to make ends meet. So when I reach out to clients and I get story assignments, I mark it all down so everything is very clear. And then I fill in the gaps with... um, I Airbnb my place, which is very good. Um, I'm traveling for four months next year, and so I've sublet my apartment, which takes that responsibility off of me. And then I started... Vera Journeys with my um, partner Melanie Hogan and that is another way we're looking to supplement income.
0: For me at least like it's really easy to get bored with certain things <laughs> and then when you have all of these different tasks if you are bored with that one or you don't want to do it yet you have other things to make you um, keep going. Yeah that's exactly it when I get bored or I have writer's block, I can move on to
1: doing the organizational stuff for the company and setting that up. When that gets to be too much and I want to be creative, I go back to to writing the article. So that's exactly what you said. It's about having variety, about having options. And I think that is something that makes people with this kind of career that you and I have different is that we need a lot of stimulation and that this always keeps it fresh.
0: It's really true. There's different types of people. And a lot of the individuals that I have interviewed, I think we all have things that are similar, which is we can't stay put in one place and be okay with that. We want something more. And it's fine if you love the nine to five. Nothing is wrong with that. But there's certain things in us and you and me and some of my friends and people that I've interviewed that we just don't work the same way. For somebody who is doing the nine-to-five and they love it because of the stability and the security, for us, thinking about that, I mean, it makes me have cold sweats. (laughs) I just can't see myself being at one place for that long and retiring and just being okay with that and having a vacation day, you know, a few times a year and being okay with that and I think it's just the way that we're made and the way we are as people is just so different which makes us really interesting and unique in that sense so I think that's why it's always really interesting when you find other people who think like you because most of the time people who are around you that love you can't understand it and then when you find that other person that totally understands it you're like wait I'm not weird there's other people who are like me who feel this sense of, you know, wonder and like lust to, to go to other places, to try new things and it doesn't really have to be traveling, it's just other projects that they want to do. And there are so many nine-to-five jobs that
1: are fulfilling and and inspiring in themselves. You know, I have friends that are doing these wonderful things at their nine-to-five jobs. Um, for me, the, the horror and cold sweat comes from <laughs> having to be somewhere at a certain time every day, and I just... I got goosebumps right now just thinking about it, like going into commuting every day, going into the same office and and working on someone's project that isn't my project. I just, maybe I'm a control freak. I just, I feel like I need to be in control of what I'm doing every day.
0: Now, I know you're just starting this company that you have now. What was the process of you actually starting it? Because you started it with one of your closest friends. What was the whole motivation and the idea for it? We were walking in the woods and she said to me, do you
1: ever think about taking your travel contacts and travel career and taking other people on trips? And I said, well, I don't really want to be a travel agent. She said, I'm not talking about being a travel agent. She said, I'm talking about taking maybe women on groups and really showing them a destination. And then the more we talked about it, we realized, well, we're at a point in our lives where we're ready for the next adventure. The next project we don't know what it is or how to get there and we're sure other people are in a similar situation so we're like let's get them together our project can be that we bring other people together to help them foster their projects Um, and we call it a purpose project so we decided that we would take people on these destination immersive trips Women. We would take women on these destination immersive trips, women who have this purpose project in mind, maybe they want to start or have started and need to know how to take it to the next level, get them to network with each other in a beautiful destination, get them to bond over travel, and also bring in an experienced entrepreneur who can lead workshops to give them the tools that they can take home to then move their purpose projects to the next level.
0: It's really nice to be surrounded by people who have that purpose project and you feel like you have motivation to do it and you have support from other people who can do it as well. And you have mentors who are going to be there. So that is amazing to have because we usually don't get one of those in real life or the one that we really need. So that's wonderful. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> what has been the most surprising moment or encounter that you have had throughout this whole journey? Um, I think surprising is how welcoming
1: and warm the community is, the the travel community and the, the business community, especially among women. Um, We believe, I've seen that we believe there's room for everyone at the top and just with open arms, people have embraced what I'm doing personally and then what Melanie and I are doing with our company and everybody just wants to help. And that has been surprising in a wonderful way.
0: When you finally get the courage to ask for help, it doesn't matter how big you think somebody is, for the most part, 90% of those people will be willing to help you. And you would be surprised how many people are willing to help you because somebody who is successful or on their way there are usually the type of people that wanna help you because there was always somebody who was also there to help them in that sense, to bring them up. What advice would you give to someone who's struggling to really find their purpose I would say, think about the things that make you happiest,
1: and it it sounds cheesy, it sounds cliche, but often the things that make you happiest, you can turn into your purpose. For me, it was travel, and that sounds like a very um, indulgent happiness, but the truth is everybody, most people love to travel, most people bond over travel, and they want to read about places or see visually places that maybe they never thought that they would go to before. And I had somebody who followed me on Instagram tell me that instead of getting a new job after he was laid off, he decided to get a passport and take a year to travel, and because he didn't know what his purpose was, his passion, and he said, I'm going to travel and figure it out. So I think travel is really good a way to figure out who you are and what you want to do, but also. Think about the things that, that make you happy. If you love food, there are so many careers in food, and you can do the research and do the work, and I'm sure you will find a way to make yourself feel fulfilled.
0: It's really great when you are finally open to different possibilities because I think sometimes we close ourselves to that because we say, well, I can't do it because of this or that. But when we finally open our minds and our hearts to it, it really comes naturally and easily because now there's no barrier to that and you're open to whatever is possible for you. So that's a really great advice. Any useful resources that you can let our listeners know about whether it's writing or becoming an entrepreneur that you would like to share? I think um, those three travel groups that
1: I mentioned, if travel is your area that you want to go into, um, Young Travel Professionals, Millennials in Travel, and Travel Massive, those are the greatest resources um, for that. In terms of entrepreneurial, I think um, uh, Boss Ladies is a really good group. Um, I think Vera Journeys is a really good group Um, any opportunity to network in the area that you are interested in because there are meetups for everything just get out there and meet people
0: that is the best way to do it I love all of those resources you just gave us and we'll put that on the website so you can they can have that as well what are you working on today that's really exciting you Vera Journeys is really exciting me.
1: I'm so jazzed about this new opportunity and getting to work with my oldest childhood friend has just been a joy. We get along really well and I think that the dynamic between the two of us, I hope, will carry over into the dynamic that we bring to our trips with hopefully other women who are motivated and want to start a purpose project. Um, And I'm also moving to Mexico for four months, which I did last year. I backpacked the country for four months and I'm going back uh, in January because I don't enjoy winter anymore. Um, And I'm really excited about getting back there and discovering new parts I haven't
0: seen before. That sounds like a lot of really amazing things happening. I can't wait to see what's next. So let's set up a scenario, right? So imagine you are 80 years old and you're looking back in your life. What would you like your legacy to be? It
1: used to be the writing, and I thought that maybe I'd write a book one day, and maybe I still will, but I don't think that that is where I want to leave my mark. I think I want to leave it now helping women achieve their goals and dreams because I I do believe the future is female, and you see that everywhere, and now it's more important than ever. So I want to help other women find their voice and their purpose. Um, That would be where I want it to be. That is a great purpose,
0: Megan. <laughs> if our listeners want to learn more about you and what you're doing, what uh, where can they find you? I'm pretty active on Instagram,
1: and my handle is Drillin Journeys. Like, my last name's Drillinger, so Drillin Journeys. And then if they want to learn about Vera, uh, they can go to verajourneys.com. And we also have a Facebook page and Instagram page. And our first retreat is in April. So sign up. That would be really fun.
0: Thank you so much, Megan, for being here with me today. really appreciate it and all of the different things that you just gave us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute treat. So thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: I hope you enjoyed this interview with Megan. Make sure to visit TheOffBeatLife.com. Again, that's TheOffBeatLife.com to get the extended interview with Megan to find out the best networking strategies to get published. Love a good audiobook as much as I do? Of course you do. Well, you're in luck because I have teamed up with Audible.com to give you a 30-day trial for... Free, make sure to visit offbeatbook.com again that's offbeatbook.com to get that incredible trial